Welcome to the Shit Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Broder. Are you ready to shoot the shit? Welcome back to the Shit Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Broder. I have some heavy shit talk for you today, but first, happy MLK Monday. If you have today off, I hope you're enjoying a nice leisurely day, time to yourself, whatever it is you're doing. But it's also important to mention that this was milestone date number two I had outlined in episode two when it came to setting goals, maintaining motivation, understanding dopamine, and using dopamine to maintain that motivation throughout the winter. So milestone number one was Christmas. That was three weeks ago. I had them staggered about every three to four weeks. And time flies. Here we are all of a sudden at milestone date number two. So a quick check-in. How are you doing with your goal? If you haven't started, that's okay. Get started now. It's fine if you started a little late, but if you are started, how's it going? Are you on track? How's your motivation? Reevaluate things. If you're lacking motivation, why? I'd say go revisit episode two. It's very early in the winter season, unfortunately, but we still have plenty of time to set a new goal or get started the first time or restart. So get on it. Another thing I wanted to mention is if you are lacking motivation, listen to episode two. You'll hear I talk about David Goggins, his book, Can't Hurt Me, which I love. I'm currently in the middle of his second book that he just came out with. Um, So if you're looking for a good read or boost motivation, pick that shit up and get going. But anyway, happy Monday. And okay, I'm just going to walk right into it. Let's talk about pooping positions. Who, what, when, where, why? How has this changed over the years? I will rarely do this and make a black and white statement, but I'm very comfortable declaring that squatting is the most efficient position for pooping. It's more efficient than sitting and moves poop down and out. So the ideal positioning for your squat is sitting with your knees higher than your hips. You'll probably need to use a footstool or something like the squatty potty to achieve this with your knees higher than your hips, but I'll get into that in a second. So sitting with your knees higher than your hips, lean forward, put your elbows on your knees, relax. You can bulge out your stomach if you have to and straighten your spine. I think those are really clear um, directions. I think it's kind of funny, but it's also not funny. It's like, this is serious. You do it at least once a day, ideally, and you should be in the proper position. So that's how to set up your squat. And in case you didn't know, sitting is unnatural and contributes to constipation. Since our colon is kinked in a 90 degree angle, in the seated position, and it does not allow for complete evacuation, sitting is not ideal. Whereas when we're squatting, that position actually unkinks the colon, allowing poop to fully evacuate the building, and the building being our body. The physiology here is that the bottom of the rectum has a muscle that wraps around the colon. It's called the puborectalis muscle. And elevating your knees allows for this muscle to relax and lengthen opening the rectum and facilitating a smooth, unobstructed bowel movement. Whereas when you're seated in that 90 degree position, the puborectalis muscle is not relaxed and it's holding onto the colon and this is what kinks the colon. So I hope that makes sense. There's also two studies. The first is from 2003 and it compared the straining forces applied when sitting versus squatting during defecation. So 28 volunteers, healthy individuals ages 16 to, excuse me, ages 17 to 66 that had reported normal bowel function. They were asked to time how long it took them to fully poop in three different positions. The first position was sitting on a standard toilet seat. The second was sitting on a lower toilet seat. And the third was squatting. 
They were also asked to rate how much effort each position required. Both the time needed for a complete bowel movement and the degree of straining required in the squatting position were reduced significantly in all volunteers compared with both of the seated positions. So this study confirmed that sitting required way more effort or straining and was less efficient for pooping compared to the squatting posture. I love that this was a real study. Um, I was about to say, where was I when this was completed? But it was 2003, I was 13, and probably not someone who would have been approved to be in an adult-focused study. But anyway, amazing that these studies take place, and important research, if I might add. So props to the researchers and clinical team on this. Next, I have a 2019 study from the Journal of Clinical Gastroenterology. It had 52 participants. They had the 52 participants take an initial survey about their bowel movements and bathroom habits and provide a detailed log of every bowel movement they had for two weeks. Then they were all given a squatty potty. So you may know what that is. Products like the squatty potty are known scientifically as defecation postural modification devices, DPMDs. I love that there's an actual clinical term for this. But a squatty potty, like I mentioned earlier, it's a contraption that goes at the front of the toilet. You put your feet on it. It helps raise those knees and get you into that squatting position. So if you're not familiar with the squatty potty, I will link it in the show notes. Please look it up. It's definitely something to consider. Another thing to consider is if you don't want the squatty potty, but you still want to raise your knees above your hips, you can even just use the little um, trash pail or trash bin that you have in your bathroom, obviously I would say wear socks or slippers, but you could easily just put that in front of you while you're sitting on the toilet, raise, put your feet on it, it raises your knees, and that could you into that ideal squatting position. But anyway, the 52 participants were given, all given a squatty potty. Subjects were then told to track their bowel movements for another two weeks, and they finally completed a survey about their experience for these two weeks of the squatty potty. Scientists then reviewed over data on over a thousand bowel movements. That must have been quite the shitty job. Just kidding. And they found that 90% of people who used the squatty potty strained less and 71% had faster bowel movements. Fewer users also reported feeling that they had incomplete evacuation or feeling like their poop did not go out completely. And this was much so that the feeling like incomplete evacuation was much less after squatty potty usage. So clearly, between these two studies, it's pretty clear that squatting is superior to being seated, both in how quickly people poop and the time they have to sit there in the toilet. And it's also important to remember the colon has a sleep-wake cycle, just like we do. It's part of the circadian rhythm. There is an ideal time for all sorts of processes in the body to happen. And you know, it can be argued, everyone's a little different, but ideally a poop first thing in the morning while the body is ramping up and getting started, that is ideal for most people. And a lot of people do that naturally and their circadian rhythm is more in sync and some people not so much. But there are some things and steps you can take to try and have a regular daily morning poop. So one thing I recommend, have a fiber rich breakfast, drink plenty of water, and give yourself, most importantly, the time that you need to go. When you're rushed and stressed, you're tense, and nothing can smooth fly out as smoothly. So being uncomfortable, being tense, rushing, is definitely not going to help facilitate a smooth bowel movement. Being dehydrated, as we know, don't even make me get into that again. Go back, listen to episode one. Got to drink enough water. And a fiber-rich breakfast absolutely helps 
push things out. And remember, fiber is found in fruits, veggies, and whole grains. Another thing I recommend is always try to actually poop when you have to go. When you hold it in and you put it off, this leads to constipation. And as we know, once again, not to bring up hydration, but as we know from the hydration episode, the longer a poop sits inside your body, in the large intestine, in your, in your colon, the longer the body has time to withdraw water from it, or excuse me, extract water from it, and it dries out the poop more. So the drier the poop, the harder it is to pass, the longer it sits in there, the more water gets absorbed. It's like a vicious cycle and or circle. And then you end up getting these hard pellet poops. They're dry. It's not, it's not comfortable. So that's what happens the longer a stool sits inside. So the point is when you have to poop, poop. If you're not in an ideal situation, I understand. That sucks. But get comfortable with it. Everybody poops. Try and go when you feel you have to go. That's going to give you the most successful poop. And I made this – I understand this all may sound obvious, but if it were so goddamn obvious, constipation rates wouldn't be what they are. And just a quick couple of tips. Constipation. If you are suffering from it, please go back to the hydration episode. But just a few things to mention. Make sure you're getting half your body weight in ounces of water. Focus on your fiber, fruits, veggies, and whole grains. Get that movement in. This helps stimulate the bowels. It helps stimulate peristalsis, which is the way your stomach moves food through the GI tract. So it's really this like wave movement of your stomach's muscles moving your food down through the GI tract. And movement stimulates movement. Things like running, things like walking have been shown to increase gastric motility, those contractions moving everything along, and also gastric emptying. I'll mention briefly also chia seeds. Everyone knows I love chia seeds. Please do remember though, if you are if you are adding in chia seeds or if you're increasing fiber in general, you have to add in more water. You will get constipated if you increase your fiber and don't increase your water. Uh, that's a promise. So chia seeds, one to two tablespoons in a liquid of your choice or add them to your overnight oats or to stovetop oats. But great source of fiber, they gelatinize, they grab things out on their way their journey through the GI tract. They help clean it up. So that's another thing that helps stimulate clean, full bowel movements. And my last tip is relax. Stress, like I said, tenses those muscles, making everything harder to pass. So if you're constipated, you're running into issues with that, chill the fuck out. Now, switching gears a little bit, I have like a brief, a very brief rant, just piggybacking off of what I've already said. But why do we have to go and fuck everything up? Like last week, I quoted Hippocrates at the beginning of the brain, gut brain access episode. He knew all disease starts in the gut. Why are we just figuring this back out now? Like, why is it that he knew that a thousand years ago and we basically ignored him and now we're like, oh, guess what? Actually, he's onto something. I'm adding this in because we naturally squat. We always did. But then we had to go and invent sewage and the toilet and sit at a 90 degree angle, which is so not ideal for pooping. And then everyone became constipated. Back in the day, our natural way was squat down during the forest, squat down, take our business, maybe use a leaf to wipe and move on. And it was like not such a production that it is today. We always think we're enhancing or advancing, but we're not. We're literally down the line making things harder for ourselves. So why do we always have to do that as humans? Like, I'm, I don't get it. Sometimes you just got to stick to biology, stick to the basics, stick to the, what feels most natural. There's a reason we squatted. Anyway... Um, also I thought it was important to mention when I was doing research for this episode and writing it, I was Googling squatty potties and I stumbled onto Etsy and they actually have a variety of like lovely looking squatty potties. So if you're in the market for a squatty potty or you want a new one, go look at Etsy. They have some really pretty ones, like nicely decorated. I thought that was kind of amazing. I'll link 
Like I said before, the squally potty in the show notes. But anyway, that sums it up today for ideal pooping position. I do now want to pivot into, I have a few questions that I've been getting from people over Instagram, DMing me. Thank you very much, Liz underscore Broder, from my episodes from the past several weeks. And I'm hoping if someone's asking the question, there may be other listeners with the same question. So I'm going to get into them. I'm not going to ramble on too much, but I have three questions. The first one from last week's episode, how can I work on microbial diversity in the gut? So last week was about the gut-brain axis. So a few things you can do to focus on and enhance and support microbial diversity in your gut. Fermented foods, like I said last week, kimchi, cultured yogurts, coconut yogurt, things like apple cider vinegar, adding that to your water, um, kombucha, kefir. Fermented foods, when they undergo the fermentation process, they basically become probiotics. So that's why they are so beneficial for the gut. Of course, fiber. Fiber is so important. We find fiber in plants, fruits and veggies, whole grains. And this parlays into my next one, which is just color and variety. As much variety in your diet as possible. Each color of like a fruit and veggie is providing you with different polyphenols, different antioxidants. They also have all sorts of fiber in them. So Eating the rainbow as much as you can is very important, absolutely helps support microbial diversity in the gut. It's important to remember, our gut microbes need food. So they feed off of certain compounds in our food, and different microbes prefer different food. So the more variety of fiber sources you have, the bigger variety of microbes that you're feeding and supporting. And yeah, like I mentioned, each color group contains different nutrients that the gut will thrive on, which is why it's important we eat the rainbow. And I know I've mentioned this previously. Um, I am an ambassador for Sakara, Sakara Life. I always have it linked in the show notes with a code for 20% off your first order. If you click through the link and apply the code, they are 100% organic, plant-based, no refined sugar, delicious food. It's a lot of salads, but it's not all salads. And I always feel so much better. I don't do it all the time, but I'll do like a week here, a week there. I'm traveling, coming back. I don't want to cook that week. I'm busy, whatever. Delip full service delivery. You don't have to do anything. They're ready to eat. They're delicious. So if you're looking for a quick way to jumpstart, get into that heavy plant-based meal or idea, or just like coming around to it, easing in, try Sakara. You won't regret it. Okay. Second question for my first episode. Hydration is really hard for me. I know it sounds dumb, but I hate water and never want to drink it. How do I get my intake up? Um, first off, that definitely doesn't sound dumb. A lot of my clients actually struggle with this. There are people that just hate water, and that is what it is. It's it's not ideal, but you're certainly not alone in that. Also, reminder that coffee and tea count towards your overall fluid intake for the day. So when you're aiming for half your body weight in ounces of fluid. It's not just water. You can incorporate coffee and tea into that. And coffee with the caveat that it's one to two cups. I mean, three cups, fine. But once you get to four, that's when it can really start having more dehydration impacts on you. So one to three cups, fine. Tea, anytime. If you're struggling with the water. Okay. So one thing, and I'm sorry if this is obvious, but try adding in fruit, lemons, limes, strawberries, even something like ginger, mint, cucumber, adding in some natural flavor. I don't like the water enhancers you can buy. They usually have sucralose or some sort of artificial sweetener, which if you listen to my sugar episode, you know I consider those poisonous. So, you know, you don't want the diarrhea and blow and gas that comes with sucralose. Add in natural fruit. It's much better than the water enhancers you can buy. 
Another thing I recommend is get a water bottle, something you can refill. Know how big it is. Like, for example, it's 32 ounces. And then know how many of those bottles you need in the day to hit your goal. So, for example, if you need three of those 32-ounce bottles, you're aiming for 96 ounces total. I encourage having around 60 to 75 percent 60 done by lunch. So front load your day with a majority of that water. And then this gives you through dinner to finish the remainder. And always cut off two to three hours before bed if you can because you don't want pee waking you up. So that's one way to go about it. Whereas like you have a number in mind of how many bottles you need. You have different time goals. So like have two bottles by by 1 p.m. and then I have the rest of the day to work on my final bottle. Like whatever it is you need to do, but like give yourself structure with how many bottles and time milestones. If this doesn't resonate with you, I encourage another approach like taking five sips or drinking for 15 seconds every hour on the hour. You know, what works best with your schedule. Figure that out and set guidelines for yourself, whether it's like an hourly check-in or, you know, these two bottles by this time. Figure out what works for you. I think those are helpful for people when they're trying to get some more water in. And lastly, of course, I have a keto question because everyone loves the goddamn keto diet. This question, I did keto and lost weight quickly, which I loved, of course, but definitely got constipated. I added in fiber and more whole grains, but this, of course, threw me out of ketosis. Can I still eat low carb and not be keto? What are your thoughts on carbs in the diet or a low carb diet? Okay. So there's nothing necessarily wrong with low carbs. Keto and the keto diet, I absolutely do not like because it's unsustainable. It's dramatic. It's taxing on the body. It's got a lot of side effects. And like I went into in depth, constipation being one of them. I don't like the keto gut that we see from a very high fat diet, the changes in microbial diversity due to the lack of fiber. I don't like keto. That said, keto is not every low carb diet. Personally, I'm an advocate. I what The way I eat and the way I encourage most people to eat, unless, you know, of course, specific disease states may require something else. But in general... I go for a higher protein, higher healthy fat, higher fiber, lower carb diet with a majority of your carbs coming from fiber. Again, found in fruits, veggies, whole grains, legumes. So I find that's more sustainable rather than just saying keto or low carb. I like focusing on what you can have rather than what you can't have. So protein, healthy fats, and fiber, the reason I'm very into that, they take longer to digest. So they help slow the rise in your blood sugar. They help stabilize it. This reduces your cravings. This They induce satiety. And due to the satiety, they usually lead to less calories consumed overall with a minimal effort. It's not like, oh, I need to make an effort, eat less, cut cows. It's really more I'm intentionally choosing the, the highest satiety-inducing nutrients like protein, fiber, healthy fats. And because of that, I'm not hungry as often, so I eat less. So it is less of an effort with usually a more positive result. Heavy carb diets also are oftentimes more processed. If you think about it, a lot of the highly processed foods are much higher in carbs. So potato chips, cereals, pastries, desserts, cookies, candy, all that shit. That's all highly processed, and those are all very high-carb foods. So eating whole foods and not processed is, of course, best. I know that's obvious. Protein, fiber, healthy fats, induce satiety. Fiber also helps with bowel movements. So... Ideally, you're eating these whole foods that induce satiety, stabilize blood sugar levels. I also find with carbs, it's it's easy to overdo it. They're not filling, and they have the biggest impact on blood sugar and insulin response of all three macronutrients. Just side note, macronutrients are proteins, fats, and carbs. So of those three, carbs have the biggest impact on your blood sugar and insulin response. My philosophy is all about keeping that blood sugar as stable as possible. The less carbs, the more stable. 
And the less carbs, the less insulin your body is secreting. Every time insulin is released, fat is stored. So if you're trying to lose weight or maintain your weight, you want as stable blood sugar levels as possible, not to mention the ups and downs of a blood sugar spike. These impact your mood, your energy. The ups and downs in the blood sugar directly impacts the ups and downs in your mood, ups and downs in your energy. And we're looking for stability here. So please remember, also always important to mention, fiber is a carb. But fiber does not spike blood sugar levels because it's not a simple sugar. It's not digested. And it takes longer for the body to process and actually help stabilize those blood sugar levels. This is why fiber is good. Fiber is helpful. We need fiber. And it doesn't have the same impact on your body and blood sugar levels as things like simple sugars or white starches. So long story short, low carb is fine. In fact, I encourage it. But I wouldn't necessarily call it a low carb diet. I would say... It's a high satiety diet. It's a high protein, high healthy fat, high fiber diet. I just don't like low this, low that. It's just, it, it's putting the emphasis on what you can't have or what you're cutting out and it already feels restrictive. And then naturally when something's restrictive, we want to rebel, we overdo it. So I hope that's been helpful. I hope those questions resonated with more than one of you. Um, going forward, I may say Karen from Instagram, but today I just felt like let's leave the names out of it. I liked those questions though. Thank you. Please continue to submit them. And that's a wrap for today. Take a look at your poop posture. See how you're doing. I bet there's room for improvement. Lift those knees and everyone have an amazing week. I hope this has been helpful. 